0: Welcome to Obey Your Strengths, with Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, Kathy Kirsten.
1: Welcome to Obey Your Strengths. Ron Seuss is our guest, and he is a learning and development leader at a Fortune 500 company here in San Antonio called Endeavor. Thanks for joining us today, Ron.
0: Thanks for having me. I
1: invited you here because you are my resident expert and fun guy around strengths and you and i spent many a years working at rackspace hosting learning and leading the strengths movement at rackspace So i wanted you to come on the show and share with our listeners all of your wonderful strengths knowledge around how to embed strengths within an organization and talk about some of the stories that you have okay so thanks for being here you bet ron your top five strengths let's start where we start every podcast is with my guest top five strengths tell me what they are and a little bit about each one so we can understand how they manifest themselves in you
0: Well, that's good okay so um, my top five adaptability communication uh, positivity strategic and woo Um, and they've been that way my whole life if I really think about it you know Adaptability for me is about, uh, you know, being open to change, certainly. But it's about, uh, for me, it manifests in an almost, it's it's a need for change for the sake of it. Like, for example, if I get tired of driving the same the same way to work every day, I'll change it, you know, just for the sake of doing something a little different. I love change. Um, it's not, I, I think, I, like most people, I don't like to have change done to me, but I do like uh, to initiate change in things. Mm-hmm. Communication, um, it's... Uh, you know that's a, that's a big deal for me. I really love public speaking. I love teaching. Uh, that's kind of got me into the job that I'm that I'm in now, and um, I really enjoy like being you know in front of people and and communicating that way. But also, there's a thing that a lot of people say about communication that really resonates with me is that you know like when you write an email, you have uh, you choose you choose just the right phrasing of words and that kind of thing. You know, like I'll back up an email and do it again and again to to get the words just right. Mm-hmm. That's communication for me. Positivity uh, for me manifests in my just uh, unwillingness and my uh, irritation and my resistance to negativity. <laughs> I just don't like to be around it, you know, and, and when people are kind of in a funk and they're very negative about something that's going on, I just, you know, I'm like, Ugh, I want to get away from that. So that's how I usually I, I see positivity coming out. Strategic. Um, I love this about strategic in that it is uh, it's it's about pattern recognition and mm-hmm. seeing the big picture. And that's very much uh, how I see things. I, I'm, a, um, you know, if, if, if we can talk about the uh, Myers-Briggs, right, the MBTI. I am an ENFP. And that N that that focus on seeing the big picture and the why behind things really resonates with me and connects really closely with strategic and strength finders, too. So that's how I see that one. Uh, and then um, for Woo, uh, that was, you know, that's all. I'm, it's all over me all the time. I enjoy the challenge of meeting new people. I love the second phrase in the long description of Woo, where it says, you enjoy the challenge of meeting new people and getting them to like you. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, was the most uh, difficult for me to be honest about when I first started into at that piece about getting people to like me and how important that is for me. And then if I feel like they don't like me, I got to figure out what's behind that how could you possibly not you know so that's my top five
1: I agree with you how could anyone possibly not like Ron (laughs) Seuss you know when I see your and I think about you and have known you for years when I think about your positivity plus woo strengths coming together I think that you're like a party in a person (laughs) you're a walking party and usually you bring the energy up it's funny how you describe your positivity is you can't you want to get away from negativity i think you add energy to anything that you do and any groups you're in and you know your presence adds energy and that's what i see your positivity at. yeah dude.
0: okay i'll give you that and and i there's a section in uh, the description of positivity too about uh, about finding the humor in things and so yeah that's something that's always important to me i'm always cracking jokes and and trying to see the lighter side of, of anything that's going on. So that's oh. true.
1: Okay, well, what what year did you dis, uh, discover your strengths?
0: Um, that would be uh, when I joined Rackspace in 2007.
1: Okay, all right, and that's so that's when your strengths journey started. Mm-hmm. And you were a salesperson in that at that time period, correct? Yeah,
0: that's right, yeah, I, I came into sales, um, and I distinctly remember uh, going into the orientation that we had there at the time. Uh, we called it Rookie Orientation, and Graham Weston came in, and he gave the talk that he always would give about strengths, and it literally changed my life. Like I was thinking about just like most people about how we, um, you know, get better at the things that we're not good at, and you know, I was thinking about how I have spent my entire life trying to, um, you know, try to bring up my bring up my weaknesses, I guess, as a and to use a vernacular, and um, and then when Graham gave that talk about that's not the way it's going to be here. In this culture at Rackspace, we are going to focus on what you're good at doing rather than what you're not good at doing. It blew my mind. And you know what, I love to tell this story too about it. At that time uh, in my life, my wife and I were arguing about getting a housekeeper and, and there was just something about like, you know, we'd spend all of our time cleaning the house on the weekend. So you work, we both work all week long and then we get to the weekend and we we're cleaning the house and we get so frustrated with that. And then Graham told this story in that Rookie O about um, laundry and how he and his wife hated to do laundry. And, uh, and so then one day they decided, you know what, I don't like to do laundry, but there are other people who do like to do laundry. Let's give those people an opportunity to, uh, to be successful and then i went home that day and i told my wife i was like hey (laughs) i just heard this really great talk about you know focusing on your strengths and we're getting a housekeeper and then she fell in love with strength finders that day too so yeah
1: i don't blame her that's an awesome story thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that that's really good you know i think about those folks who joined rackspace at that time and when they they were sitting in rookie o there were some of those promises sort of made that they were going to get to play to their strengths and i've heard stories of people say you know this is after I realize what my strengths are and that I'm going to get the opportunity to play to them in this working environment, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to figure out what I'm really good at or what I was really meant to do. Or I'm free to be me because in my my previous work life, I was focused on liabilities and not anymore. Here at RecSpace, I can be focused on strength. Was that a major part of what turned you on to wanting to be a strengths coach Whenever you came to the record engagement team, much you know after you'd been in sales for a few years, then you moved to HR.
0: Absolutely, I think when I joined the the engagement team uh, and started working with people individually uh, on their strengths, that light bulb moment that happens to people that uh, when they realize that it's not about self help, it's not about trying to to work and get better at something that you're not good at, it it's very freeing in that you get this permission to be. Great at some things that you really love, and you also give yourself permission to be not so great at some other things that that you don't really care about. That light bulb moment that happens to people was that's what really charged me up about Strings Finders. That watching that happen with people and watching that transition uh, and belief that would happen with people was was super energizing to me I've developer in my top ten and mm-hmm. so that one really resonates with, with me too like helping others to get better helping others just kind of see the light see you know some some different ways of looking at things that, that's really energizing for me so yeah absolutely that's what it was
1: and to give our audience and listeners some context we together you and I along with other members of the HR team owned the strengths program at Rackspace for a series of, of time right a period and we uh, had lots of people beating the strengths drum and you were one of those leaders who in that space that really helped the culture embrace strengths so throughout our conversation today I hope that you'll share some stories of the ways that you've seen individuals and teams react and and grow through strengths uh, but I want to just let our audience know that you've trained literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds oh, yeah. thousands of individuals uh, in different capacities of course to uh, You've, you've worked with dozens of teams, dozens of them. And you've carried strengths on even into your personal life and your after-hours work whenever you and your wife have done strengths for couples workshops. And mm-hmm. your wife is a therapist.
0: Mm-hmm. Is She's a the marriage name? and family therapist here in San Antonio,
1: yeah. Not only did she love strengths from that point because you hired the housekeeper, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys partnered and, and then began teaching strengths for couples, which is fantastic. So I can't wait to talk about all that. But what I want to talk – I want to also – Highlight the fact that you are well versed in a bunch of different personality languages. Tell us what all you are certified in when it comes to languages. Oh, yeah.
0: So it's just part of my job. Um, so I, I work in leadership development. That's that's the major you know focus of my work. I I run you know training and development uh, for a, a manufacturing company and. Most of the things that we do uh, enterprise wide are all kind of you know leadership development, management training, that kind of thing, right? Sure. And the company that I work at now is not really focused on strengths finders, and they're not focused on any one uh, particular framework. And so, lots of people use lots of different ones. And so, through all the different training programs that we do and uh, different things that I teach, um, I've just accumulated certifications in uh, in Myers Briggs Type Indicator, uh, FiROB, DISC, um, Influence Style Indicator. Uh, insights, e colors. Um,
1: wow, that's a I'm, lot. And
0: I'm working on Hogan right now, so so lots of different uh, sort of modalities in in getting to uh, personalities and the, the way that people can maximize working together.
1: Awesome. Well, since you're an L and D leader, a leader in devel- uh, leadership and development leader, I wanted to touch base with that real quick because mm-hmm. most people are familiar with Myers Briggs, MBTI. I think that's pro- that's way more well-known than StrengthsFinder is. Yeah. And in my practice as a strengths coach over the last 10 years, most people have asked me, well, what's the difference between StrengthsFinder and MBTI? And I typically say, and it, I think I probably got this from Gallup, is that Myers-Briggs is more of a generalized view of the way that you interact or negotiate certain situations or the, you know your personality. But it, it's more of a broad brush, which StrengthsFinder is more of a fine fine tip brush, right? Mm. So if you were a, uh, I like to say this thing, if you were a, a a building, Myers-Briggs would tell you what your framework is, but StrengthsFinder tells you what color the walls are. Yeah, you know, that's good. The, yeah. The yeah. rug on the floor looks like, mm-hmm. you know, what your front door shape is. You know, it's just very detailed. Would you agree with that? I, I think
0: for the most part, it does sound like a little bit of Gallup talk, but... Uh,
1: <laughs> Well, you know, Gallup certified strength coach.
0: It depends on, uh, I think, on the on the uh, the sophistication of the coach with uh, Myers Briggs and with any one of those those frameworks. I'll tell you that the, the biggest difference for me, and I do and not to say that I think you have a, a really solid point. Um, the biggest difference for me is just the um, accessibility, and what I mean by that is that a Myers Briggs type indicator. You have, you know, you have to have a good coach in order to get you all the information that you need out of that um, out of that that frame. Mm-hmm with StrengthsFinders, it's there. And I think it's a lot easier for people to understand very quickly and there's a lot of so much detail and really good information in the reporting that you get. And with a good coach like yourself, uh, it gets even more detailed and a lot more usable. Um, so I, out of all of the the certifications that I have and all the different frameworks that, that I'm familiar with, StrengthsFinders is my absolute favorite. And when, uh, when I get approached by a manager or an HR business partner or anyone an individual saying that you know they'd like to do one of these kinds of things so the first one that i suggest is strengths and it doesn't really matter what their what their problem they're trying to solve i i think we'll start with strengths finders because as an individual that can get you a lot of detailed information very quickly so that's the difference to me anyway
1: thanks for sharing that we we you and i share this passion about organizational development and you're um, building you know a wonderful career in organizational development right now let's talk about that a little bit what was special about the time we worked at Rackspace and what were some of the components of that organizationally obviously strengths was but were there other parts that you felt like were core to who we were
0: gosh you know i uh, i think that the first thing that jumped in my mind when you started that question was that um, you know that there was this cultural at the time um, desire uh, and impetus for for playing to your strengths, um, and the fact that when you go into this organization and we and we when we joined this organization we were all taking the assessment right, and then we became a strengths finder shop, and it's not just that everybody was taking that assessment and you could figure out what your top five were; it's that we all believed. It was part of our core values and our, our culture. We believed in putting people in the right position to do the best that they could do, right? That, was, that to me was what was really special about that time. So number one, in that it was a top-down approach, right? Our senior leadership believed in strengths finders, and they talked about it. When they came out, and we uh, would do these things called open books, right, where it was, um, it was basically a town hall meeting for the whole company. And when we we do open book, then our 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 CEO at the time, our COO at the time, they would talk about strengths, and they would bring it up as part of the the lexicon of the whatever they were discussing, right? That sets that culture apart from other cultures that I have worked in, and then certainly from the culture that I'm in now. The top-down approach, the focus on strengths rather than weaknesses, the, um, and the drive for, um, for managing people based on their strengths, right? Putting people in the right position to be able to maximize their strengths, I think is what really was special.
1: Wasn't it? It was almost a value proposition during the hiring process. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't think that our recruiting page ever said that we you're going to get to play to your strengths. But I think in the hiring process, when you interacted with employees of Rackspace, many times that message was transferred to the applicant that, you know, we believe in what's best in you. And we told the story of the business we were in from a strength based perspective that we're not going to be the leader of the most innovative technology Maybe not even the best, most forward advanced solutions per se, but we are going to be the best in customer service in the technology industry. Mm-hmm. And so we knew what our strengths were clearly uh, from that perspective. So the overarching story was, you know, we are focusing on being the best customer service company. We want you to be focus on being the best salesperson, account manager, system administrator, network security architect yet you know like yeah. right i mean yeah. that was somewhat of the value proposition
0: yeah i agree with you
1: talk about how we embedded strengths across the entire employee life cycle
0: right so you know that you come in the door and you're uh, well gosh before you come in the door you're given the assessment right So, you're given a code to go take the um the test and then you uh, and then you get your results. You get your okay. top five.
1: Code comes to you during, when you receive your offer letter. That's
0: right. right. So before you walk in the door, before your first day, you're given the code to do this, and you're given a, a description from uh, from your recruiter about what this is all about. But you still don't know, right? right. And then I remember when I started, uh, I was given a, a sales test. You know, they give you like a an, a, an assessment of how good of a salesman you're going to be because that's the department I was going into. And I was given the finders at the same time. So, you know, it wasn't uh, odd to me to be given an assessment, but it was odd to be given a personality assessment, especially after I had gotten the job. And then, so then you go into Rookie Orientation and you're there with everybody. And you could be sitting at a table with the new VP of whatever, or next to the, the, the person that's gonna be the receptionist. So everybody's mixed together. Um, and then uh, you're given an overview of the StrengthsFinders, um, you know, framework by, you know the president of the company, you know, Graham Weston, the um, was the guy, and mm-hmm. he'd come out and, and talk about it. So that was really cool. Then you and I did it later, mm-hmm. um, but you know somebody would, some expert in string finders would come and talk to you about what this thing is. Um, so that's that was kind of built into your first experience with that culture. Then you go out and everybody's got it hanging all over their desks, right? You got your mm-hmm. strengths card hanging at your desk and you'd know what everybody's top five was. You'd hear about it all all over the place. People would talk about working on a team and what it's like to be you know, partnered with this person who has Maximizer or that person who has responsibility or whatever it is. Um, gosh, we had it put on the back of uh, name badges. We had people; you had your on your name badge, your security badge would have your picture and the year you started at the company, and on the back would be your top five strengths. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I remember a team at one time had um, the little rubber band, like the LiveStrong bands, those uh-huh. rubber um, wristbands made up with strengths, and so then they would wear them. You know, so you'd have it right away. You'd see the different colors of different strengths on people's on people's wrists. Yep,
1: yeah. onboarding everyone was onboarded in a similar fashion and everyone got strengths yeah. let's move to uh, performance management let's talk about how you were part of the team and, and you helped embed strengths into management
0: we did um you know gallup offers the uh great managers training right so then we followed a lot of those same uh principles from great managers training and um one of the the, the one of the things that they would do is was guide you through the um, an assessment where I guide you through a, a questionnaire that you would go with uh, with an individual. Yeah,
1: a coaching interview, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. So, mm-hmm. and then in that questionnaire, in that interview, it's it's guiding you through asking the asking your direct report. You know, what are your what are your top what are your top five strengths? Uh, what are the two that you you feel like are most valuable to you? How do you utilize them? Uh, and then in that uh, conversation, it it goes from understanding what your strengths are. To aiming your strengths and how are you going to utilize them? So we we coached managers to manage people through you know through their strengths.
1: Yeah, and, and I think about also during the performance review cycle, we would we would help out managers by uh, putting in our HRIS, our our system. Whenever you printed out the the report or the the review to be used during a performance review, mm-hmm. we would embed the. T- uh, the person's and employee's strengths onto that form mm-hmm. so that the manager didn't have to go searching for it it was sitting right there and we had the philosophy of spend more than half of your performance review focusing on the positive things the things that are going well the things the strengths and if you could tie connections to the great work you see them doing with the strengths they have in their top five. Right, right?
0: and if there were opportunities that were brought up, then uh, then the conversation would be about okay, so this is the opportunity. To identify now which of your strengths are you going to use to overcome that opportunity, or how are you going to capitalize on that?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, identifying what weaknesses do we need to manage?
1: When I think about team building, so lots of team building in a growing organization that does a lot of organizational change because they're growing right Mm -hmm. so grow and split and grow and split for teams and moving things around we utilized strengths finder and building teams you want to talk a little bit about how we did that
0: so in team strengths sessions or in team strengths sort of interventions what we call them uh, we would coach managers to take a look at what you have in in the layout of your team with respect to strengths Um, and so you, you guide the conversation in looking for partnerships Uh, Well, first of all, asking, you know, what do you do well? What do you need? What what does the team do well? Uh, And then what mechanisms do we should you keep in place in order to maintain uh, that positive uh, work? Um, And uh, and then what where are some blind spots for the team based on the strengths of the team as a whole? uh, Where are some blind spots for things or opportunities? And then based on um, what you have on the team. The layout or the uh, the landscape of the strengths on your team. Who are you going to put in in what places and positions in order to overcome those obstacles uh, or overcome those blind spots? Um, so it was uh, the conversation in team strengths and um, and also the, the the coaching of managers around strengths was all about putting people in the right place in order to be successful.
1: You you really described it from the manager's point of view because you're such the coach of managers, mm-hmm. but I think about the value of individual contributors who get the the insight of just listening to their teammates talking about their strengths in a team session. You know, we spent many, many hours in training rooms with teams and just facilitating a really great strengths conversation about how these strengths manifest themselves in you. And the gained insight typically built trust and lowered conflict on those teams because you could see through the lens for a moment even you know just see through the lens of how these this person's strengths are manifesting themselves into you and then it immediately applies when you head out of that training room and you go back to the cubicle or back to your location and you see it in action and you say "Ah, oh, now i see why you're asking me these questions you've got deliberative and i didn't bring enough information so i think that um one thing that worked very well for us for team formation and team building is to start from that strength language and to equip people with a strength, the strength language so they could call it when they saw it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, working with you, I could see your positivity and I could... Love it or hate it, for what it was worth, because <laughs> you know I'd be frustrated with the building burning down, and you're like, Kathy, it's fine. You still, you can still walk. You know, you've got two legs. You're fine. You're healthy. Everything's fine. I think the uh,
0: phrase was, "There's no such thing as an engagement emergency." That's true.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I sort of felt like some of them were emergencies. <laughs> and, you know, and you could get frustrated with my input and how I saved everything and constantly oh, yes. was trying to show you something from 2007. <laughs> <laughs> you would put it in your filing cabinet for me, also known as your trash can. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my input wanted to collect and be resourceful. But that language really, instead of me calling you like, you know, Pollyanna Outlook and me, you calling me a pack rat, I called it positivity.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. You know, and lots of times we, as an engagement team, we'd, uh, we'd be working with teams that were broken, teams that were having some problems yeah. and not getting along. And the managers would ask us to come in uh, to intervene and... Gosh, how many times would we, uh, you know, it would be about uh, a couple of people on the team that would have responsibility, and then a few people that don't, and then the, the you know, the disparity and workload that would that would uh, manifest out of that, and so we'd have to have them realize that this is about responsibility. It's not about you being a jerk, you know, or they being a jerk. It's about, um, you know, you as a responsibility you're taking on more because you, because you're driven it toward that. Yeah,
1: you're hardwired to. With awareness, gains responsibility, so you end up. Filling your plate yeah. full of tasks and responsibilities. When someone who sees their jobs with much clearer boundaries, yeah. right, who doesn't have to- responsibility in their top Absolutely. five, they see their job, they see their world with clearer boundaries where they're not responsible for someone else's work, where someone with responsibility in their top five does feel the desire the yearning to go take on more mm-hmm. because they believe it needs to be done.
0: Exactly. And so, so that scenario would come up all yeah. the time. There would be other scenarios between woo and relator where, you know, relator people see woo as disingenuous and woo people see relator people as snobby. And so then, you know, these divisions would come up. So lots of d- different opportunities to um, when you see teams aren't getting along to look at those issues through the lens of strengths. And then all of a sudden it's a more objective view uh, and it takes the emotion out of it. It gives them a language to use that's not quite so emotional, and it's not about finger pointing. It's about really understanding each other and where you're coming from. And so we'd solve a lot of problems that way too,
1: yeah, you know we really did start a fire of strengths you know, a strengths fire at Rackspace. And we saw it grow and even outside the walls of Rackspace. let's talk let's you we know, don't let's talk about things you remember and things that you loved. About doing strengths outside of Rackspace, but was enabled by Rackspace.
0: Okay, so the first one that comes, when you say that, that's a Graham Weston. That's, you know, at it, it, Graham is, um, you know, going around the town doing all the things that Graham is into and then. Uh, so he would uh, meet a non-profit or he'd meet a group of people and he'd say, you know what? You need to do strengths. Call my strengths people over there at Rackspace. So we'd get a phone call from a non- nonprofit to go out and do a strength session or uh, do an introduction to strengths um, with whomever. So right. I remember we Chamber
1: working. of Commerce, yeah.
0: Uh,
1: non-profit. Like yeah, the...
0: it was uh, City Year. I remember we mm-hmm. did a lot of work with City Year. We did uh, with Hispanic Chamber. I did something with the SAWS Engineering Group. Just like people, um, you know, organizations in the community... That we felt like we could partner with, um, then you know that that's that's what we would do. We would go uh, you know, support them with StrengthsFinders.
1: Yes, there was actually a theme there for a while of any, uh, Rackspace employee that was sitting on a board. Of a nonprofit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in many cases, we received invitations to go work with the board of directors of that nonprofit and to do some strengths work with them. Yeah. You know, because once a manager or a leader gets the taste of strengths and sees how useful the tool can be in their management toolkit, it's hard to be a part of a group or a team without seeing the strengths lens. Because you want to know, like, oh, yeah. well, what is your top five, and yeah. what is this person's top five, and I got to see all the the details of each person's strengths. So yes,
0: that is true. I remember we worked with a middle school. We we started to do some work with a uh, uh, middle school that's local right over there by uh,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: headquarters and uh and then we had their principal and and a select group of teachers come in and we ran them through some strengths we did too.
1: we did that was the yeah. culture project with that that group i remember and you know they loved that information and oh, yeah. receiving it and knowing those things about each other um you know we, we used it with youth so mm-hmm. i re- i remember one year, I believe it was pretty early on, like 2007, 2008 time period, when uh, we started out a tech kids camp, and we brought middle school kids for one week to Rackspace. And they got to job shadow a ton of different roles throughout the company, and we taught them uh, some really technical things, you know, like a little bit of coding and a little bit of software development type stuff. And then we added on a layer of strengths. And we used the Strengths Explorer for that, which was pretty cool, because that gave the parents... It, you know, Rackspace, these are Rackspace kids. Like, you know, their parents were working at Rackspace. Mm. So, their Rackspace mom and dad, or mom or dad, had the top five. The kids had their top three from Strengths Explorer. So, that really fostered a connection there. We thought that was really fun as well. Yeah. Talk a little bit about Strengths for Couples.
0: So, Strengths for Couples. Um, what was we, it? What do we do? It was born out of uh, discussions that I was having at home with my wife. So, she, she's a uh, licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time, a majority of her business was couples, married couples and, uh, people, you know, people that were coupled up for one reason or another, Or whatever <laughs> people get coupled up for. And, uh, so we're, I'm talking about strengths, you know, coming home from Rackspace and talking about strengths finders, And then, uh, she read the book and she got her top five and started exploring it a little bit of herself. And then she realized, uh, that she could really help out that same conversation we were just discussing with teams that were having issues. Mm-hmm. Um, the same thing can happen between a couple, right? Where. You've got, um, you know, one person has the analytical and the other one doesn't. And the analytical is always trying to shoot holes in the other one's ideas, right? And so she would have them take the assessment. She would give them the books so and get their top five, and then they would come back in and talk about the same problems through the lens of strengths. And all of a sudden, again, takes the emotion out of it, gives them a different language to use, and then things are, are moving along and starting to solve some problems. So she started seeing uh, the, the, the value in Strengths Finders in her work. So we just kind of put these things together. And uh, I was teaching a lot of classes in uh, introduction to strengths and team strengths and management-based strengths and all of that. And so we uh, got together one weekend. Um, and it was actually, we were, um, we, I think it was an anniversary weekend or maybe it was a birthday. And we were staying at a hotel somewhere. We hung out in the hotel bar and we wrote this class. So that's, that's, awesome. that's where we put it together. I think it was at the Valencia in San Antonio. Oh. So... Um, then uh, we offered it up uh, to Rackers and uh, Rackspace employees and their significant others to bring them in after hours, and then we bought them dinner, and then uh, we made it kind of this dinner and a show kind of a thing. And so uh,
1: you were the show part. <laughs> I was, I You're was the show. your positivity <laughs> was, was show definitely <laughs> the show part. In yeah. just a second, because what listeners need to know is that once most employees got out of StrengthsFinder class, like some level of training, either with um, the strengths you know, the onboarding class or one of the offset classes that Ron just talked about, they would say, man, I really wish I knew this about my spouse. Mm-hmm. And we heard that feedback all the time. Like, where can I get a top five code so that I can give it to my wife or my husband, etc.? So that's all swirling in your mind. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's starting to outline what we did in the class. But what I want the listeners to know is that out of all the after hours curricular, like, after hours classes that we offered, Strengths for Couples was by far the most successful. Oh my gosh, yes. People signed, there was a wait list every single month. Mm -hmm. Um, You you held it once a month. People would sign up, it would sell out because you could only accommodate what, 30 people or something like 15 15 couples. Because we fed them dinner and wine and all that good junk. So, I mean, it was kind of an expense that the company paid for. But it would sell out within minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, people go in and reserve their tickets to go to Strengths for Couples. It was so popular. And it really was good, you know, good publicity for us because we were bringing in people from outside Rackspace to come in and do this too so there were lots of people who have a very fond memory of coming to Rackspace with their spouse yeah who was a Racker, and getting a little bit of that culture kool-aid that you and i love to sell (laughs) so go ahead so so what did you say you made dinner
0: so yeah we brought dinner and uh and then just made it a fun event for them um and what was uh, what was really fun, it, you know, it was obviously you know, really fun to teach the class with my wife, and and it really has these two components to it. It's um, uh, you know, it's it's a, the first part of it is about introduction of strengths, like what is this uh, framework, and I would handle that, and then and then we go to uh, to Jennifer's piece, and, uh, and and what she would do is she had uh, using John Gottman's theory, right, which is a, which is a marriage and family guru, uh, these seven steps to success in any kind of marriage, and so we would take those seven steps, and then. Talk about how we can use strengths to bolster up those seven steps. That's what it was all about, and still is. In fact, we you know we still teach that class. We still get a lot of um, a good traction out of it. But people um, seeing those two things kind of put together uh, really enjoyed it. And what was really cool to me over time, as as we did that, is that it was it was used um, and utilized by all different. Sort of walks of life. We had some couples in there that had been married for 40 years, and lots of that were married, um, you know, for two or three years. And so, it was a, how do you get to know each other when, in the first part of marriage, and then how can you uh, sort of explain some of the things that you already know about your spouse from you know from 40 years of marriage. We had um, all different kind of types of relationships in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never got a first date. That was my that was my big goal. <laughs> that would
1: be kind of <laughs> that would be kind of weird to yeah. be a first date. I don't want to go out like with
0: you, interview. but here, take this test. Yeah. Uh, but we did have some people that were that were very very new in relationships, like That's on the true. third or fourth date. So mm. that was really cool too. And, did you and, ever
1: have any people meet someone else in their class? No, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. No, no, no that did not. That wouldn't have been a very good successful class. <laughs> Well, it was a very popular one, and it's one, it's one example that I love to share whenever I'm talking with other organizations who are thinking about how can we embed strengths. I always mention, think about the after hours, you know, really, because mm-hmm. many times, a lot of our strengths work done after hours really helped people inside the company embrace it even more. Yeah. So, Ron, there's this, this idea, right? There's these lies we believe culturally. That makes strengths a little bit unconventional. This strengths focus, and one of them is that we all believe in being well-rounded. That being well-rounded is the strength. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, well-rounded means that you're not focusing on strengths, right? Right.
0: I think um, so. I mentioned this uh, was that's the epiphany that I had. You know, when I joined Rackspace and Graham gave that talk, that 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 was the. If I think about the way that I've been parented, coached, managed my whole life, it's all a bit about, uh, you know, Ron, you're not, you're not good at this. You're, you're good, you're fine here, right? You're good at these things, and so let's let's put that aside. Now let's focus on where you're not so good and get you bring you up, that bring that level up to the to the others. Um, and that was the epiphany that I had uh, when Fighters, I was, you know, was first exposed to that. That um, that's, that is literally like you said. That's the those are the lies that we believe. Strengths is so unconventional, quote unquote, because conventional wisdom has been so much about, you know, getting better at the things that you suck at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Marcus Buckingham is kind of a strengths guru, right? Most people have heard of him. He he, uh, he likes to quote this um, this study that Gallup did, where you know a group of parents is given a report card and you know um, and the simulated report card, and they're asked, you know, your, your kid gets a uh, an A in English and a and an A in science and an a, in, or a or a F in math, you know, where are you going to focus your attention? And they're not asked to choose just one, um, but 80% of them will choose that, that F, right? Focus all your attention on that F. And I, it makes sense. That's the way we were all brought up, right? It makes absolute sense. That's what uh, what parents would say. But uh, Finders is different than that. It's that let's focus on, the, on those A's and B's and figure out, out a way to drop math, figure out a way to get that out of our life and I think that is that's different and it's also hard you know there's a certain amount of guilt that I think people will have Uh, I know I did when I think about you know my my weakness of uh, discipline for example organization structure predictability I don't like it I never have I've never been into it I was in the military for crying out loud and I it was it was really hard for me that that part of the life um but that would be the thing that people will tell me: you got to be more organized. You got to, you know, put stuff in a in a row, and you know, you got to, um, you know, prioritize. Do your big rocks first. All that stuff that I've learned how to do is still really, really hard work for me. And in order to let go of that and allow other people around me to be the disciplined people, to be the organized people, um, that that does bring a little bit of guilt.
1: And it's hard as a culture. Think about embedding that philosophy into an entire culture. Because what we're saying is, I think, well, I think conventional wisdom tells us most, you have to eliminate your weaknesses, yeah. right? Have no weaknesses. That's the goal, to mm-hmm. do not have any weaknesses. And to be a strength-based culture, you have to embrace strengths and also be okay with the fact, be vul- be okay with the fact that you're gonna have weaknesses. And there's a vulnerability element there that not everybody is able to accept, would you say?
0: yeah, absolutely true. absolutely true. And when I join a new work to, a work group right now, a new team, the first thing I get uh, and I, I have everybody communicate is here's what I bring to the team, and here's what I need from the team. And you get the best of me in these kinds of circumstances, and you get the worst of me in these kinds of circumstances. And I think if people could be honest about those things, uh, and you're right, it does take a little bit of vul- vulnerability because you're admitting that you're not good at something. But if people can be honest about that stuff right away, then then you are going you're put you're on the fast track to efficiency for that team. Right. You're going through storming, norming, and forming and you know, and then and then very, very quickly.
1: Oh, I love your I love your L and D mind. <laughs> storming, norming, and forming. I think, no, maybe it's, it's, not it's, not it's actually, right actually that's not the right yeah, way to say not the right it's order. forming, nor no, forming, storming, norming, performing. Performing, yeah. So boop, like boop. Boop. I've read that book. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well this has been great. You know, I ask all of my. Uh, well, I want to, one last thing. If if there were an L and D leader who came to you and said, "Hey, how do I start out on this strengths journey for my organization? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I embed it? Or maybe um, it's it, I'm starting an organization. What do I need to do? Like, what activities do you think I need to do in order to embed this well within an organization? Yeah, what would the, you say?
0: One of the luxuries that we had working at RackSpace is that you know it was built in, and then and the uh, the senior leadership was really into this stuff, right? It made it easy for us to, to have it, a, um, a strengths culture there because it was top down. Um, you know, I, I, I guess one of the things that uh, is frustrating for me uh, now in, in my work at the organization I'm in is that there's, there is no one system, right? There's no one framework that everybody knows about and follows and I wish that there were. Uh, but what I'm trying to do is uh, kind of go in two different directions at once. And what I mean by that is uh, I do team uh, interventions using strengths finders I do individual coaching based with strengths finders I'm trying to uh, incorporate strengths finders into uh, some of the leadership development work that we do so I have some influence there where I can I can choose strengths finders as the modality that we're going to use when we talk about these kinds of things um, that's one way to do it and then at the other side of the top you got to get to the top you got to um, bring in uh, the senior leadership of the company and convince them that uh, this is the right way to go. And I think if you, if you talk to most senior leaders of, of any organization, big or small, um, it's all about like, how do we build efficiencies? Um, how do we you know build business acumen? How do we get to uh, increasing our bottom line faster? Um, you can draw some very clear uh, lines between employee engagement and all of those business results. Uh, we believe uh, that employee engagement, higher, more engaged employees are going to be more intrinsic value. Uh, they're going to give more to the to uh, to their jobs, and that's going to help the bottom line. Uh, and there's there's lots of research that shows that that engagement is important. And you read up on Gallup, and they could tell you all about it. So if you believe that, and you can talk to the management about that, and they believe that same thing too, then the line gets it's pretty easy to make. Then you're talking about uh, success you know, on the bottom line. Business success comes from engagement. And, uh, and how do we engage people? Well, we put them in the right role uh, and, and, and give them an opportunity to, to be successful, as, as successful as they can in the role that they're in. Um, and then uh, what's the best way to do that? You know, give people strengths finders. Right? Give managers the tool of strengths finders um, so that they can have those conversations and they can be really smart about how they're uh, building their teams from an organizational development standpoint. So then, then you got it from from top to bottom, right? You make make the connections from a grassroots standpoint, where you're working with strengths finders, and then you've got the top of the house believing that, um, you know, if we do strengths, then we're going to get engagement, and then we're going to have a better bottom line. So having those conversations as best you can um, is uh, is the best way to do it.
1: You know, my business and my uh, consulting business, I'm usually brought in at the, that executive level leader, and my goal. For my work with any organization, even if I'm just doing a team, executive team session of, around strengths and understanding what each leader brings to the table. My goal for that session, my personal goal is to have such a quality conversation that those leaders can't can't resist taking that same conversation down to their level where they are to their direct reports Mm -hmm. and understanding their strengths and then that cascade effect that happens throughout the entire organization. You know, that's my if I were to say there's one great way to embed strengths is by creating promoters every at every single team session and starting at the top and working your way down. But I think, you know, that would be ideal, right? I think there's so much to be said about reminding people about strengths and keeping it visible. You mentioned putting strengths uh, on name tags, right? Mm-hmm. Security badges. We also had signage on our cubicles, but there are other ways to keep strengths visible and out and open. I think one thing that you did that was fantastic was to put a uh, a strength of the week, was it of the week or the day, of the on the intranet. So whenever yeah. anyone... Pulled up their browser and you saw the corporate, um, you know, website, intranet website right there in the center in a very small, but I mean, it was still there. It had, had real estate around announcements what were the strength of the week or the strength of the day and you just filtered through all 34 of the strengths and gave the short description of each one so many people i heard people say like oh i was reminded about what input meant today mm-hmm. and i see it totally in you or oh did you see that that's did you see adaptively that's totally me and that's why i'm you know it, i was reminded today that was perfect there were conference rooms at rackspace that had strengths on the um, windows as part of a covering and decoration yeah. that that reminded people of n- number one the strength language, but also the definition. So that was like keeping it visible.
0: Yeah, and you also mentioned performance management earlier as well. Yeah. The fact that we'd we'd had that built into our performance management process, man, if you could get there, then that's gold, right? Because yeah. then then at least you know at least two times a year, if people are sitting in, in their mid year review or their end year review or however often it happens. Yeah, um, then they're, then it's coming back top of mind.
1: Oh, I'm so grateful to you to, for sharing all of your strength stories with <laughs> us. And um, it's always fun to be around Mr. Positivity Woo. <laughs> hey, if, if I ask all of my podcast guests this question, this podcast is called Obey Your Strengths, okay. not play to your strengths. And the, the reason why that is comes from that, you know, those of us who have really embraced this language and gone deeply in reflection of our own uh, manifestations of how these things happen to us these strengths not how they could come from within they're connected to how we get things done and the why we do the things we do just as much as what we do you know how they how we bring them to work tell me is there a certain story that you could share where you have learned rather than your strengths were something to be obeyed rather than something just to be played
0: man i I guess one that comes to mind is um for me adaptability um you know and, and that one is is my drive uh to keep things fresh and keep things you know different and uh and exciting and uh if i don't make changes to my routine if i don't um you know make small these small sort of to outside people wouldn't even notice them like I, like i mentioned earlier uh driving different rate ways to work or things like that, right? Rearranging my desk, rearranging the furniture in my house, stuff like that. If I don't do that, then that adaptability will build up and then it will manifest in some sort of evil change that I'm going to do on everybody around me. So um, as as a manager of people, uh, I have to be very careful about... um, understanding that other people don't like change done to them. So if I, uh, what I do is I do these small incremental changes in my routine so that I don't get an urge to, to just blow up the whole organization and start from scratch like I want to do sometimes. <laughs> That's a so, great yeah. story.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Ron Seuss, for being here today. Maybe you can come back in a future episode and share more of your death And maybe you can bring your wife.
0: Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. I love that. Thanks All for right. having me. Thank you, Ron. To learn more about Kathy Kirsten, visit her website, kathykirsten.com. That's K A T H Y K E R S T E N.com. Obey Your Strengths is produced by Geek Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive produced by Lorenzo Gomez, John Garcia, and Michael Largent.